of James. You can either do that in your Bible, your iPod, iPod, iPad, iPod, whatever it is, your phone, or uh, you got your spiritual journal we gave out the first week. So those are good. And we got another thank you for the paper donation from Clyde Riggs Elementary School. And I thank God for that. Thank God for Donna and my oldest daughter, Natalie, helping me out so I wouldn't make a mess on the carpet with all that uh, bubble. That was real good, too. So James chapter 2, verse 14. The preaching series has been real faith. Now, all faith ought to be real faith, right? I just happened to sit down this morning when I was putting an ice pack on my knee, and uh, one of the local channels had an issue, a, a program called Issues of Faith. And I thought, well, that would be interesting. He was just wrapping up, and he was going to put a definition on faith. He did. And uh, it definitely was not a biblical definition of faith. Uh, but then I looked at issues of faith, and underneath the little icon, it had a uh, cross for Christianity, a crescent, a crown, a star. And I said, well, no wonder he didn't know what faith was. He don't know what he believes. But faith is one thing. It's one thing to say you have faith, but it's another to live out that faith. And that's kind of what we're looking at. We're talking about the difference between talking faith and doing faith or living faith. And uh, in week one, uh, at the beginning of chapter one, looked at real faith through suffering, how that the early church went through persecutions and they still stood strong for the Lord. And now that we in difficult times should stay strong for God as well and live out our faith. Then in week two, also in chapter one, looked at real faith through temptations. And temptation meant uh, the leading into sin. And it said that it wasn't from God. He's not the source of temptation when it comes to evil. But the nature of uh, temptation is sin. And if you follow that nature, you'll wind up with the end result being death. So living out our faith and not falling prey to the temptation of sin. Then in week three, we looked at real faith through obedience of the word. He said, but be you hearers of the word only, but be you doers. How that to receive, hear, speak, and share the word of God uh, in living out real faith. Last week, Brother Rich graciously did a wonderful job on living out our faith or real faith in love. Uh, he preached that it wasn't showing preferences, uh, and he showed that we show love to God, we show love to others by, uh, through acceptance, appreciation, and affirmation. Today, we go on to chapter 2, halfway down, real faith by works. Now, that's controversial, okay? It's controversial in many churches because we believe that you're saved by grace, right? Through faith. That's biblical, okay? And some say that this book of James here destroys everything that the book of Romans throws out about being justified or made right by faith. It does not. It just adds to that. Even Martin Luther, the great founder of the Reformation movement, he said, James is a good book about the nature of man. And since it's not written by an apostle, remember James is not an apostle. He is the half-brother of Jesus Christ who did not believe in him until after the resurrection. So he's not one of the apostles. And since it wasn't, uh, it takes away from the doctrine of justification by grace through faith, uh, Martin Luther said it shouldn't even be canonized, which means it shouldn't even be part of our 66 books of the Bible. But it is. And I think it's put there for a reason as well. 
The dictionary says faith is complete trust in someone or something. Complete trust in someone or something. Well, I kind of agree with that because really faith is only as good as the object of the faith. Now keep that in mind as we go through today's sermon. Faith is only good as the object of the faith is, okay? And the object of our faith as Christians is the Godhead. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Therefore, believing in them, we have complete trust and, and, and leadership to follow their teachings and their leadership in our life. And that's even through the Word of God as well, which is also the living Word of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But there's four facts about faith I want you to know before we get in the message, Okay? Number one is from Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. We know that so well that we are saved by faith. It's grace through faith. Then in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says believers must walk by faith. And that's part of today's message. Thirdly, Hebrews 11 and 6 says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Then Romans 14, 23 says whatever is of, not of faith, is sin. Now you got those four facts. We are saved by faith. We walk by faith. Without faith we cannot please God. And when there's not anything that's not of faith, is sin. That's four facts about our faith, our real faith, that we need to live out in Christ Jesus. Wow, that says a lot right there. Now, we're going to look today at the connection between faith and works and bring them together. We're going to look how that dead faith compares to living faith and see how it works out. First of all, let's have prayer again, okay? Our Heavenly Father, bless your word today and the reading of your word by your spirit. We pray that the words we say might somehow take hold of our heart. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, I think I know where I'm going to set this at. I think I'll go back to where they had it seated, okay? All right, take my Bible with me. This is, I feel like Charles Stanley. You ever seen him lately when he sits on a stool and preaches? Oh, man, yeah, if I just had the audience he's had. All right, first of all, we go to verse 14. Let's look at a proclaimed faith. What does it profit, or what good is it, okay? What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and he has not works, can faith save him? What a question there. Now, it says, there's one word in there you need to pay close attention to in that verse. It's the word say. We can say anything, can't we? Doesn't make it true, but we can say anything. So he said, if a man says that he has faith and has not worked, can faith save him? Well, obviously not. You, I mean, no way can you just declare yourself a child of God and you're saved. That does not happen that way. It's just like saying... I've been baptized, I joined this church, therefore I'm a Christian. Does not make you a Christian. They're acts of a child of God, but they're not really part of becoming a child of God. I can go out in my garage and stay there and holler, Donna, come and look at me, I'm an automobile. And she would laugh at me. We all would. Okay, thank you. Said we all would. The reason is I don't look like an auto. I wouldn't operate like an auto. I can go down to McDonald's and stand around and say, hey, look at me. I'm a Big Mac. No way. 
you'd have to take on the evidence that you are what you say that you are. So possessing and professing is entirely different. A lot of people profess to know Christ. A lot of people profess their faith, but they don't really possess it. That won't save me. Now here's my, here's my kicker verse, okay? Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith, uh-oh, there's that word again, says, not everyone that saith unto the Lord, 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 shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth, uh-oh, he that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven. That's the words of Jesus. That's not the words of James. Jesus says, you can say you know me, but if you don't do my will, you don't know me. Okay? Proclaiming, but yet not professing. The real proof is more than saying. The real proof is the doing. You can tell me about your faith all you want to, but obviously if I'm going to believe it, you've got to show me. Now that is a proclaimed faith. Now secondly here, James is going to cover in verses 15 to 17, he's going to cover a proven faith. He says, If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be you warmed and filled, notwithstanding you have them not those things which are needful of the body, what does it profit? Even so, faith, if it had not works, is dead being alone. He gives just an absolute wonderful picture here. If a person walks into this church right here in ragged clothes, dirty, filthy, nothing but skin and bones, needing some help to the body, and we stand here as a church and say, boy, I've got faith, let's pray, go your way and be filled, have we profited that man anything? Because we did nothing. We did nothing. And the needy here, he said, what you do here, the need has arise, and what good is it if you do not take care of the need? Even Jesus, when he's healing people, and he's going across the countryside preaching, and as he reaches out, you'll notice that every time he looked out on people who had a need, he had compassion. There was something burning deep down in his heart. And with that burning compassion, he acted. He healed people, and he's told them some of the greatest words you will ever hear in your entire life. He looked at them, and he said, Thy sins be forgiven thee. Wow. He proved he had faith by exercising that faith. Now, here's my kicker verse. We're going back to Matthew again. 25, verse 40. Verily or truly, I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of these little brethren, you have done it unto me. He says, you do it to that naked man that comes in in need of food, you've done it to me. You do it to that person out there who, who has no way to turn in their life and you help them through life, you've done it for them, but you've done it for me also. Seeing real faith is not sitting in the church and just looking at needs, showing real faith is coming into the family of God and meeting real needs. That is a proven faith. We need that kind of proven faith. We don't just need a proclaimed faith. We need a proven faith. Now, the next picture James gives us is a misplaced faith. 
in verses 18 to 20. He says, Yea, a man may say, Boy, there he goes again. A man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I'll show thee thy, my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe, and they tremble. But, but wilt thou, O vain man, that faith without works, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Someone can come in and they say, I believe in God. Isn't that a wonderful statement? Uh, I believe in Christ as the Son of God. I believe there is a place of punishment to those who do wrong. I believe there is a place of reward for those that do right. I believe the Bible is God's Word. I believe that what He says in here is true. And with all of that, that can be a misplaced faith. You say believing the Bible can be a misplaced faith? Yeah, listen to how he says that here. He says, if you believe there's one God, you do well. But you don't believe anything more than the demons of heaven of hell believe. You understand what he's saying? You believe no more than the devils of hell believe. And are they saved? No. Are they coming to come out of the flames of eternal punishment of God? No, because they rejected Christ. They believe in Him, but it's misplaced. It's just an intellectual knowledge of a person and who He is. It's just an intellectual, an intellectual knowledge of God's Word and what it says, but it doesn't change the fact that you are not changed. The Jews, every good Jew in the days of Jesus would get up every morning and they would make a chant. I believe in the Lord as one God. And they would end every night before they went to bed. The Lord our God is one. It was their chant twice a day, every single day. They proclaimed that God was one God. They proclaimed that they believed God. But were they saved? No, because they did not receive God. There was no evidence of the reception. It was misplaced only in an intellectual knowledge of God. Here's my kicker passage. This time I'm going to Ephesians chapter 2, 8, 9, and 10. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I like that. I'm saved by faith. I can't work my way to salvation. Can I get an amen? All right. Now, we've got to go on. There's more to it. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained, and we should walk in them. You see, God's grace through faith alone saves us. No doubt about it. I am justified. I am made right with God because of my faith in Jesus Christ. I believe in Christ as the Son of God. I have received Him into my heart. I have asked Him into my heart. He is my Savior. I am saved by faith. Now, but do I have real faith? Do I have faith that is seen of others or do I just have an intellectual faith that is misplaced in knowledge alone? Okay, one other type of faith. We've looked at a, a, a proclaimed faith. I got it, but I don't have it. We've looked at a, a proven faith. I've got it and I'll show you. And we've looked at a misplaced faith. I, I believe in my heritage. I believe in what I believe, but it hasn't changed me. Now we want to look at a perfect faith. Now, perfect faith, perfect in the Bible, means complete or mature, okay? 
verses 21 to 26. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar, seeing that how faith wrought in his works, and by works was faith made perfect, and the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith alone. Now there's one way to be justified by, to God, and there's another way to be justified before mankind, okay? Keep that in mind. Likewise also was Rahab the harlot justified by works when she received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Again, faith is only as good as the object of your faith. Now let me get to my kicker verse, then we'll come back to this passage. Romans 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, I believe if you want to apply that, that means real faith, lived out faith, comes by hearing, and hearing comes from the Word of God. Now, what does that have to do with Ahab, with Abraham and Rahab? Very clearly, listen, they believed the Word of God. You say, there wasn't a written Bible back then. No, there wasn't. There really wasn't. But Abraham had the spoken Word of God. When God told him to leave his country and go out by faith into a land that he would give for his family inheritance and that his seed would be as great as the sands of the sea then that every nation would be blessed because of his uh, descendants, Abraham believed God's word. Therefore, he was justified by faith in the word of God. And it brought action. He took off to a land he did not know. He took off in a territory he was not familiar with. You know why he did that? Because God told him to, and he obeyed God. That's faith with works. Then there's Rahab the harlot. Oh, down in Jericho. And the spies go into the land, and, and <coughs> they're spying out that city. They're about to invade and take it over by the word of God. And as they go into Rahab's house to be lodged, they said, God told us. We're going to take this land. Rahab, a harlot, believed in the word of God as it was shed upon to her by the people of God. And she accepted that word as absolute truth. And her faith became action. She hid them and protected them so that God's will would be performed. Wow, how were they justified? By faith, but it came through the word of God, the hearing of the word, and then it was justified also to mankind by faith. We can see the evidence by what they did. You can stay your Christians all the time. I grew up in these little churches in East Tennessee where every week there'd be one or two. I don't know what they did during the week, but every Sunday they stood up and said, I want everybody here to know I love the Lord. But I saw no evidence. As they left the church, they spit their backer juice, they smoked their cigarettes. They did that Baptist three-stomp. You know, they did it all. They went out and they told their dirty jokes. 
They went out and they lived ungodly as a Christian should not live. And next Sunday they'll be back up in church again telling everybody, I want you to know I love the Lord. Do you think people believed them? They're justified in man's sight by works. You show me your faith without any works. I wonder about you. You show me your faith by works. And I'll be more confident in the fact that you have real faith. Now, faith is dead without works. Did you, you ever seen a dead man cook a meal? Never work. Never work. You ever seen a dead man repair a broken down automobile? Some of them looked like it, but they weren't, okay? Dead people don't perform work duties. Dead people have no life to them. So faith without works is like a dead person. They have no life to them. And even though the Bible doesn't reverse it here, I'm going to reverse it because I believe there is always a reversal, okay? Faith without works is dead, but works without faith is in vain, empty, absolutely empty. That's saying I have faith, but not living it out. Absolutely empty. Now, it's in vain. Now, I want you to evaluate a couple of things right now as we close. I want you to evaluate, first of all, last Sunday's sermon, those of you that was here, when Brother Rich centered the sermon on love. And he talked about love and how it was acceptance and uh, affirmation and all. Now, this is how I want you to evaluate last week, okay? Have you put that love in your life into action? Have you put that kind of love into action this past week? Now, I want you to evaluate your life as well. I got four questions I want to ask you, okay? Here's my four questions as you evaluate what I've told you today, okay? Has there been a time in your life when you realized you were lost without Christ and you admitted that and you asked Jesus to forgive you you believe and accepted Jesus. That's question number one. Has there been that time in your life? Question number two. Did you trust Christ and Christ alone for your salvation? Not what you did. Not who your mom and daddy were. Not the type of church you were in. But did you trust Christ and nothing but Christ for your salvation? Question number three if you evaluate has it, now this is what's going to get us, okay, these next two. Has it produced a change in your life? There is a reason the Bible calls Christianity conversion. Conversion is a change. When I first started insurance people, people you wanted to convert trucks into what's called low riders. It was a bad conversion. They weren't worth two cents. They tore up, they drug over everything, but they converted them. And that a conversion means a change. Now, when you believed there was a time in your life to accept Christ, and you did, and when you trusted Christ and Christ alone, following that, has there been a conversion? Has there been a change? Are you a new creature in Christ Jesus? Now, here's number four. Are you ready for Christ's return? Are you fearing the return of Christ? Do you say, don't come, Lord, don't come, Lord. 
I got too much to do, Lord. I got too much to accomplish, Lord. I'm trying to accomplish this and I'm trying to accomplish that. Are we ready to say, come on, Lord Jesus, come quickly? So those are the four questions I want you to use to evaluate your faith today in Christ Jesus. When you do that, you can come to the altar if there's something you need to pray about. You can take it home in your notes in your journal. You can look it over again. You can pray over it. Just whatever you need to do with those questions. But I want you to take them very seriously to your heart. Next week, we again continue with real faith. And it'll be real faith and the tongue. It'll be real faith and our words that we speak. Now let's stand as you bow your heads and we're going to ask Brother Roy to come and get us a song ready as we sing. And if you need an open invitation, you come. If you don't, take it home with you and do what you need to do with it at home. But don't leave it on the table because Satan will steal it away from you, okay? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Word of God that real faith can come through works. Lord, you let us be a part of your kingdom. You let us be a part of working out the small details and building the kingdom of God. We are so blessed, God, to be a part of your kingdom and to work for you. Lord, may you bless us and may you meet our needs today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.